Welcome to Uncontained episode 144. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I sure know I did. And and that, of course, marks the start of Christmas season. So if you're wanting to give the gift of Uncontained, you can check out t-shirts, coffee mugs, and all, all sorts of other merch at tpublic.com, or just use the Amazon banner at the top of Uncontained Pod. Enough of the salesy stuff. On this episode, I have Ying Liu. Uh, You may recognize her from the episodes with the Haunted Bay uh, a couple years ago, actually. Uh, This time, I get to talk to her in person at the Warfield in San Francisco. I won't keep you waiting any longer. This is how Ying Liu lives uncontained. Today, I'm sitting here with Ying Liu. And uh, you may recognize her from an earlier episode I did with the Haunted Bay because, well, that's what she does. She goes to haunted locations and kind of checks them out, investigates paranormal activity, and uh, sees if there's anything creepy or spooky in the location. We're here at the Warfield in San Francisco. How are you doing today, Ying? I'm doing great. (laughs) All right, all right. Thank you for joining me, and uh, thank you for pulling some strings so we could actually get in here. You're welcome. Um, One of the things that I want to do ever since I talked to you is Mm -hmm. go with you guys to a location and, you know, just see what the vibe was like and, you know, if there's any ghosts or whatever and you were actually able to hook it up and go to the location where you saw possibly one of those strangest things that you've seen correct yes what what was that what was that thing that you saw so we were down in the dressing room area and uh me and my cameraman cody we felt something weird in one of the rooms it's just a small dressing room yeah and we felt like there was a pressure we didn't see anything but we felt like there was pressure pushing us out and so one of the investigators decided to take her um camera her thermal camera um and took a picture of the room and she got what looked like a face, like a very clear man's face. Really? And it was a thermal photo. And we were so shocked that we actually we were like, this is impossible. Because we've done this for several years and we've never seen anything like this. So first of all, it was very clearly a man's face. And second of all, the colors meant that his face was freezing so yes. his face was dark and the background was light, which should be the opposite way because it's a thermal camera. So we, they tested it and they said there's nothing they could do with the settings to make that happen. And what's even stranger is I was thinking in my head, well, maybe it's an old photo that she accidentally, you know, made into a thermal camera. We, we had all these ideas what, what rational explanations there could be. Yeah. And so first of all, we stood behind her and watched her take more pictures, and the face kept showing up. Really? It wasn't like she was just scrolling through an old picture that popped up. She was pressing the, the, the button to take pictures. The face showed up again, and then one of my cameramen waved his hand in front of the camera lens, and you, he said the background was live so that he could see his hand going up and down behind the man's face. Really? Behind the face? Yes. Okay. Wow, that's kind of crazy so i know your philosophy isn't necessarily find something spooky and be like oh it's got to be a ghost it's got to be a ghost you guys want to like kind of 
make sure or try to like you kind of go in kind of skeptical correct yeah. i remember that from the first interview yeah and you kind of are open-minded to something but you want to mm-hmm. make sure that you know you're experiencing something supernatural or um or out of this world or whatever uh mm-hmm. so what are some of the things you do to check and make sure that uh you know this isn't just a fluke or isn't something that was fake and made up so um for example with this photo the um, investigators who took it they're the alameda paranormal researchers yeah they went through all these debunking tests first of all um it could have been a thumb for example so they took several pictures with their thumb to see if they could make a face come out it didn't work uh, they played with the color palette to see if they could take a picture of a regular person with the regular colors and make it reverse so the face looks like it's freezing. And we couldn't do that. Okay. Um, in other instances, we um, have gone into historical records and tried to see if we could substantiate any of the claims made by the psychic mediums for the times when we had psychic mediums. So, for example, in our episode, Walk with a Medium, um, June Ahern, the, the, the psychic medium, she said she saw, she saw in her mind's eye a police station in this narrow alley. And I went through all these historical records. I went down to the library, his, history room, tried to see if there's any records of a police station there and couldn't find anything. So I was about to give up. And then last moment, I figured, oh, I'll go on to the San Francisco police website. Yeah. Dug through their history. Lo and behold, back in the day, long, like I don't remember if it's the late 1800s, early 1900s, there used to be a tiny satellite police station right there. Really? So things like that really help us believe more. Other times, it's if me or my cameraman experience something possibly paranormal, like in the, the episode where it was called the Great Star Theater, I went down to the women's bathroom I was there just to see a show, not even to do investigation. And I felt like there was a female ghost down in the bathroom. And I saw in my mind's eye an Asian woman with long dark hair and a white dress. Okay. Super cliche, I realized. But I, I had a strong feeling. And I made sure I didn't tell the team, the APR, the Alameda Paranormal Researchers, or the medium anything that I felt before going in. Okay. I brought in APR, one of their team members was like you know can i swear on this show yes yes you know we were backstage and we heard him say shit while he was on stage we ran to him and he's like i just saw i just saw like this figure like this 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 woman woman in white shit he said (laughs) you know (laughs) because he even thought it was cliche it sounded stupid but he's like that's what i saw and i was like stunned because i said wow and i never told you that that's what i saw in my mind's eye right yeah he saw her too and my cameraman saw her describe the same thing. Woman in white, tall. Uh, at least my cameraman got the tall part. And then I brought the medium in. Also made sure I didn't tell her. Went down to the bathroom and she said she felt a woman down there crying. Which matched my feeling that something tragic had happened to her. Like maybe she had been raped and trafficked and she killed herself. So oh, it's really wow. getting one objective facts, evidence that confirms some of the findings of the medium um, to trying to debunk it by making sure no other rational explanations um, could be the reason behind our findings and also corroboration of different people experiencing the same things without having talked about it 
amongst each other. Okay, yeah, so that's that's definitely a good uh, quality check right there. But mm -hmm. because if you told everybody what you saw, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I saw that too," that'd yeah. be really easy to you know be yeah. like, oh, "Okay, yeah, that's not quite uh, believable." But yeah, with all those people coming up with, on their own with mm -hmm. uh, certain things, and I remember like you sent the camera crew and like the investigators and the mediums in separate from the uh star theater for that's that's the episode yeah. we talked about mostly on our previous show yeah now um with seeing everything you've seen do you like since you started doing this mm -hmm. this is kind of a two-part question here but okay. uh first do you believe more or do you believe less in the pasta possibility of paranormal Personally, I went in wanting to believe because it was fun and spooky, but I don't think I really believed in a deep level. Okay. I do, th I, I do slant towards more believing now, even though I still have to try to stay neutral when we find things, just because of several instances during our investigations and even sometimes outside of our investigations where things have happened that I can't explain. Yeah. Um, I can never say, oh, I'm 100% sure there are ghosts and there are ghosts. Who knows, right? I just know I've experienced things. We've seen things. Now we have possibly physical evidence, um, you know, of a ghost down in the Warfield um, dressing rooms. So I definitely am believing more at a core level now than I used to. And frankly, it, it scared the hell out of me. I I can <laughs> imagine, I can imagine, yeah, like something like that that you can't explain and that you test over and over again that shows up yeah. and uh, you're like, I am definitely seeing a clear human face because I saw that video that you played yeah. up here at uh, one of the showing of Matthew Abaya's uh, Vampiria mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, that definitely looked like a face there. Yeah. Um, now... Do you find yourself being, this is the second part, do you find yourself being more susceptible or to the paranormal or do you find, do you find more experiences of that happening around you or is it the same as it was before you started this? I started getting a few experiences when I first started. They're very like subtle, like okay. at the Preston Castle. I felt I saw a, a sickly woman in one of the doorways. And then one of the, the, the team mediums, there used to be a, a, a lady, well, she called herself a sensitive on the APR team that she's not there anymore named Steph. And she said she saw the same thing. Okay. And then I heard the ma name Mary in my head. And I looked online after the research and found someone mentioned a Mary at Preston Castle. So that made me think maybe I had something. And then... Um, at defenestration, <clears throat> this abandoned building we went into, I felt I, like I saw a group of shadow figures, men, four or five of them down in the basement. And a week later or so, we brought in, or a few days later, I can't remember, we brought in Juane, her and the medium, down in the same area. I did, again, I didn't tell her anything. And she said, um, wow, there's groups of shadow figures down here. And I was just like, whoa, that's what I saw, felt. Yeah. So I had a few, but they were very few and far between. But they did start with these ghost investigations. And then there was a period of a year, year and a half where more and more and stuff was starting to happen outside of my investigations. 
I can't explain it. Um, it was I. I met somebody. Okay, I, I don't even know how to. This is totally unrelated to my show. Okay, um, we I, we can take a side note, yeah. a little side <laughs> tangent. Let's let's roll with it. See where this goes. Um, I was in a play. I met somebody and felt like I knew them, even though I never met them before. We started talking. We had very similar lives. Our lives kind of weirdly mirrored each other, and then. I started getting more what I thought were possible ghost communications. Okay. And From that person? Or it started with this person, and it expanded to my friends, other people. And, for example, um, and the only reason why I think there's anything to it besides my imagination is that some of the things I was talking were, were being confirmed by my friends, things that I could not have known. Okay. And... One of my friends, for example, she, uh, her father had just died s- several months prior. And I was sitting with her in a cafe, and then suddenly I felt like, wait a minute, I think your father's here, sitting on my right on the chair, the empty chair at the table. And I, I suddenly I said, you know, I see an image of him as a little kid sitting at... Uh, you know, one of those old-fashioned pharmacy soda fountain places and staring at a, a big soda ice cream fountain or something like that. I, I don't know why that's popping into my head. And she said, he grew up in one of those places, those pharmacies really? where they serve those soda f- sodas because his, his dad owned one of those places in San Francisco. And I don't know why that image came to my head. And then I got another image. of like, was he in the military? Because I saw him in a a beige a tan naval uniform with those those badges those small badges above the pocket okay and i asked her like was your dad in the military and she said no so i thought okay well that's just my imagination then (laughs) and then a few months later she suddenly mentions in a totally different context oh yeah my dad was in the navy for for a couple years and i was like wait a minute i asked you a few months ago if your dad was in in the military and she's like yeah i forgot that was before i was born and she's like, yeah, but he didn't wear a tan uniform. He, he was, you know, Popeye, white. So yeah. I went online and I looked up naval uniforms of different, you know, categories. And I found the exact uniform that I saw in my mind that was a naval uniform. Really? And I can't explain this. I don't understand. And then, do you have time for one more story? Oh, yeah, go for it. Um, another time, I was standing on the street, a busy street at 10 o'clock at night, not thinking about anything ghost-related, talking to a friend. So I'm facing my friend. My back is facing the street with the cars. Behind her are storefront windows. And suddenly I, I see, I look away a little bit and I see a man walk right behind her. And he had blonde hair, he was thin, he had a, a, a tan colored button down shirt that wasn't tucked in. I saw okay. all these details. He walked behind her so close that I got mad because I was like, he's, he's so rude, he almost brushed up against her. And I was about to, to, to say, like, hey, watch where you're going. And then he disappeared. Wow. And I, in that split second, I thought to myself, that must have been, like, a hallucination or some light, you know, maybe came across the storefront and I thought I saw something. And I, I actually stepped back and I looked to see if she was wearing a tan purse because I thought maybe that's what I saw, a okay. tan purse. But then at that split moment when I stepped backwards, she stepped forwards and looked behind her and said, Dad, somebody just walked behind me. And I was 
blown away because it was physical. It was, it looked like a, a full solid human being, and I saw it, and I actually almost yelled at him, like, "Watch where you're going." Wow, that's that's interesting. You know, it kind of puts a whole new perspective onto uh, the moments where you're get the shivers for no reason, or you yeah. feel like somebody's behind you. Yeah. It's like is that actually somebody behind me? Is it somebody from a distance actually looking at me or like where that feeling comes from? It could possibly be somebody passing by, but you know, it's just one of those things that's like interesting and hard to, hard to prove, you know, (laughs) exactly. but seeing that with your own eyes and then having her be like, that feels like somebody just walked behind me. Yeah, and um, I, I did not say anything. I didn't have time to say, oh, I just saw some." I just, because I almost stumbled back in shock when I saw that he disappeared. Yeah. And at that same, almost that same moment, she walked forward and complained. Somebody just walked behind, really close behind her. And I was actually almost screaming in the street. <laughs> like oh my god (laughs) you know it was screaming at nobody there and then all of a sudden you look like the crazy person (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah that period lasted about a year and a half where things were happening um and then i kind of lost contact with that person who i met who seemed to trigger something in me okay um and it all slowly went away did uh I remember hearing a story about some something following you home. Like, yeah. uh, what was that? Where was that from? Where did it uh, follow you home from? So uh, I think it was the lady from the Great Star Theater. Okay, um, the lady in white. The lady in white. Okay. Um, we finished filming our investigation there, and then we showed the video that we filmed at the theater itself, and you know, many of our friends came out to see. And we thought that was it. That was the end of the uh, our experience with the Grey Star Theaters. But two weeks, about two weeks later, I was home one night, and uh, again, I was not thinking about anything paranormal. I was just sitting at my dining room table, meditating. I was thinking about you know one of my pets had just died. I was thinking about stuff like that. And behind me was the doorway to my kitchen. And while I'm sitting there, I felt a strong sensation that that woman walked right out of the kitchen and stood right behind me. Like all the hairs on the back of my neck and my arms stood up. I can imagine. Chills. It's really different when you think they're in your home. (laughs) I bet. And I jumped up and I started pacing back and forth. I called Matthew Abaya, you know, the guy who helps me film and edit. And I was like, oh, my God, I think the woman from the theater is here. And he's like, well, could it be all in your head? And I said, well, maybe, but I'm just telling you this is what I'm feeling. It's really strong that she's here. And I went to my living room, and I sat on the futon, and I felt her walk across from my dining room towards, towards me in the living room. And I even saw her in my mind's eye reaching out to touch me. Maybe she was trying to calm me down because I was, yeah. like, scared. And so I got up. I was like, you can't touch me. Um, you can't be here. And this went on for about two hours. It started about 11 at night and, and then about 1 a.m. I felt like she was gone. Okay. I went to bed, woke up the next day thinking, you know, I don't know, maybe that was just all in my head. But then what's funny is the next day, a friend of mine who had come to see our film who did not know about what had happened to me the night before, she texted me, 
oh my god last night like you know the middle of the night i woke up to go to the bathroom and, and i felt like the woman from that theater that woman in white was at my head my place wow and she says i freaked out i ran back into my bedroom covered myself in my blankets and she said i could have sworn i turned the light off in the bathroom but when i looked back up the light was on again and I asked her, you know, about what time do you usually get up in the, in the night to go to the bathroom? Because I remember my place was cleared around 1 o'clock in the morning. And she usually, for her, it's like 2 or 3 in the morning. Okay. Was when she got up to use the bathroom. So, again, it's one of those other instances where it makes, gives me a little bit more proof that maybe it was something besides just me tripping, you know? Yeah, of course. It's like, I, I don't know. It's sometimes it's it's almost hard to ask follow-up questions to this because it's like, oh, man, I can't even imagine like that. But, like, when when she followed you back, is it – like, I've heard some uh, some ghost hunters and stuff be like, you have – when you go to a place, you have to be like, don't follow me home to spirits and stuff. Do you think that would have worked? Or do you think, um, you know, she would have – she related to you in some way so she would have followed you anyway it's really hard for me to say i don't know the answer to that one i don't remember if i ever said explicitly you can't follow me home because that never happened to me before yeah i actually did go back to the theater a few more times after that and i did say then don't follow me home or you're not allowed to follow anybody home well you know Actually, I don't know if I told you this before. I, I, I did some ghost tours to raise money for my videos because we don't make any money on our videos. So I okay. took people to several locations where we filmed investigations and let them run their own ghost hunts, including the Great Star Theater. <clears throat> well, things started happening to the people. Like what? On one of the tours, this guy, he felt something push him in the auditorium. He's like, oh, man, something just pushed me. And then he went home and he felt like his dog changed when he went home. His dog usually runs up to him, you know, like most dogs, friendly. And what, His dog wouldn't have anything to do with him. Really? His dog would run and hide in his little cage or container or whatever, carrier or whatever you call it. And they'd never seen the dog act like that before. And then his wife got upset. She came on the tour too. And finally, after a few days of that, she said, you know, whoever's here, get out. You, you know, you can't be here. And she said, after that, the dog started acting normal again. I mean, of course, I don't know for sure if that has anything related to the theater, but I just thought it was interesting timing. And then another person went home after that tour. She said she felt she heard someone knocking on the wall behind above her head when yeah. she was sleeping. And something was scratching on the wall and i wow that's <laughs> yeah and i asked her are you sure it was not an animal you know and she said well i, I never had animals scratching in my walls before um so and then something else very weird happened really really weird in fact i was starting to wonder if it was safe for me to bring people into this theater yeah. Um, I was almost in over my head. Um, so I went into this theater with a tour group. And June, the medium, came. And she brought a friend of hers who also has mediumship abilities. Um, so anyway, 
we split into two groups. I brought my group into the upstairs auditorium and we tried to listen for voices and record voices. And then my cameraman, Cody, brought the other group, including June and her friend, down to the women's bathroom where I felt that woman in the first place. And so I'm in the auditorium and then suddenly we hear someone yelling in Chinese, what sounds like Chinese, in the lobby. Okay. But it sounds like it's a ch- type of Chinese that's more from related to Cantonese, like okay. very, very old or very, very rural. It's not something that I would recognize. So like the equivalent of it would be like being here, like hearing somebody like shout in like Shakespearean like English or something like that, like to somebody at home, like that, yeah, or, or that like may not be able to understand like Cantonese or yeah. understand Chinese. There's some <laughs> weird dialect, yeah. like Cajun or Creole. Like, that Tis out thou here. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of my space. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't quite like, you know, it was rural. It sounded to me, I'm no linguist, but it sounded very rural or old or something. Okay. But anyway. So all of our heads turn at the same time to look over at the doorway like, what was that? Because there's no Chinese speakers in our group. I shined my flashlight. I didn't see anybody. And I thought, okay, we're in Chinatown. Probably someone outside yelled because there's lots of people from different parts of China. Yeah. And it bounced inside, whatever. It's not a big deal. But then someone from downstairs came up to me, whispered in my ear. She said, June, the medium's friend, ran up from the bathroom because she felt like something was trying to jump into her body. And she started saying something that sounded like Chinese. And she is a middle-aged white lady who's never studied Chinese. Oh, wow. And my cameraman recorded it. She ran out. And it sounded, and I've been playing it for Cantonese speakers, asking him, do you recognize this dialect? And some have said, it sounds like Chinese, but we don't recognize the dialect. We don't know what she's saying. Um, and then she was in the lobby. She was really scared, and June was trying to comfort her because she literally felt like someone was trying to jump into her body. Like, I don't know if you can call that possession or what, but she was starting to speak Chinese. And then June... The medium who's gone on so many investigations, who's totally comfortable around ghosts, something hit her, slapped her on the side of her head and punched her in the middle of her shoulder blades. Wow. Like, I, that, I'd probably be running out of there about then. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been back since? Um, I had gone... Actually, I believe... Oh, also, before all of that happened with June being hit on the same tour, because she came on one of the tours, just one of them, I was on the stage at the theater. I had I pretty much had blocked all that stuff out, right, so I couldn't feel anything. But she said, oh, my God, that woman, she just came straight for you. It's like she just vroom, came straight up to me onto the stage and she was standing next to me, according to June, and just staring at me she's just following me and so but I I, I pretty much have dealt with it by kind of compartmentalizing it off like blocking it out you know like I don't see you I don't hear you Um, I think I did go back one more time after that tour that time nothing as dramatic happened except that I was filming in the last stall of the women's bathroom where I felt like me and actually one other person felt she hangs out there and some people thought 
they could see a woman in white in the patterns of my thermal camera. It looked like dark hair and white gown, but that's so iffy for me. Yeah. People see shapes in blobs. And Especially when they're looking for something. Yeah. So I don't, I, I'm not going to, I just put that out there as, hey, this is what people think they saw, but I'm not going to say this is for real a ghost. So, but no, um, after that, the theater was closed. <coughs> And um, because of a landlord dispute. So I haven't been back. Um, I actually had very mixed feelings about that. Part of me was super disappointed because this was like the heart of my ghost tour. Like I had a whole theater to myself in the dark. I mean, it was amazing for the people who came on the tour. I can't do my tours anymore because of that. But on the other hand, part of me was like, well, maybe it's a blessing in disguise because I don't want anybody to be hurt. I don't want people to get hit. I don't want people yeah. to get jump, something jumping into them. And I don't want to expose myself to any dangers like over and over again. Yeah, don't want the, them to get to the spirits to get too familiar with you or, you know, where they're like, oh, we know, yeah. we know Ying, we can just go invade her personal space or something along those lines. Yeah, and uh, the story also, oh, I have to tell you something else if we have time. Yeah, go for it. Whatever you want to talk about. Sometimes we find evidence year, two years or three years after our investigation. It's almost like it finds itself to us. It's so weird. I keep touching the microphone. <laughs> it's um, okay. <laughs> I got to pay attention. <laughs> um, so when I, I felt this woman in my mind's eye the first time, I felt I got this mental image that she had gone mad. She had been violated so many times. Probably she was one of those sex trafficking victims back in the day that she maybe killed herself. Um, Of course, I had nothing to prove that. It's all feelings. Well, anyway, um, fast forward a year or two later, I'm preparing for this tour. And as part of the tour, I'm reading about the San Francisco history, like back in the 1800s. And so I'm reading this book, and there's a chapter on the sex slaves of Chinatown. Okay. And it mentions how back then, you know, young girls would be brought over from China. You know, they're like 14 years old, 12 years old, whatever. And by the time they were physically and mentally too broken to continue their sex slave work, they would be taken to what were called hospitals. Well, these were not real hospitals. What they would do, what they would take these young women into alleyways and off of the alleyways there are these there are these rooms doors they would put these women into these dark rooms lay out like a rice mat for them uh put out a bowl of rice a bowl of water and an oil lamp and lock them in there and let them die that's how they got rid of these women wow and i read that one of these uh alleys was called cooper alley and so I was just curious, you know, this is an old book written in the 20s about the 1800s. Does this place, does this alley still exist? So I went online, went on Google Maps, and I typed in Google, uh, Cooper Alley, and I found it. I'm like, holy crap, it still exists. And then I did street view, and I see this narrow alley. And then I rotate the view, and it's right across the street from the Great Star Theater. Really? Yeah. I, I swear to God, I got the chills. This was like a serious Twilight Zone moment for me. Yeah, that that just adds another level to the lady in the basement. Yeah, it's it's. I seriously feel like uh, 
I'm being pulled into Twilight Zone. I'm just like a documentary. <laughs> I don't even call myself really a ghost hunter because I film ghost hunters, but then I'm being pulled into this. Yeah. So, um, I, Jesus, I. That's that's because you ever tried? Did you ever try to like communicate with her to get her story? Did you ever try to speak with her? Me personally, no. yeah. Um, well, besides telling her to get out of your house, <laughs> <laughs> I did, but not at the theater or, well, I'm trying to remember actually, I may have, um, I actually felt very guilty about just telling her, get out of my house, go away, go away. I can't help you. Yeah. Cause I, I, part of me was feeling, thinking, I don't think she was trying to hurt me or anything. I think maybe she was just desperate to get some kind of help and she does she does i don't know what so anyway i think i was one one of the times that i was preparing for the tour i went in and i turned off the lights and closed all the doors i may have talked out loud in general i told them okay don't hit people you can't do that <laughs> whatever's <laughs> here don't hit people I you kids be, you ghosts behave yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and i think i said to her i'm sorry i can't help you i'm not I'm not equipped for this. You need to go to people with more professional mediumship abilities. I don't know if they can recognize them. I don't know how it works. Yeah. I just, that's all I said. I don't know how to help you. I'm sorry. I know you suffered a lot. Wow. Have you had like that much communication with any other being uh, from any other location? That level, no, I don't think so. The most direct communications I've had have been with the deceased loved ones of my friends. Okay. That one and a half year time in my life when I was getting, or I thought I was getting lots of messages. That happened to be maybe about five times, five to five different friends of mine. Do you have any desire to tap more into your medium capabilities? I do. Uh, in fact, when they all went away or went dormant or whatever you want to call it, I felt kind of sad. I was very sad because it's... I can't explain to you the feeling. The feeling like you've discovered a whole other dimension. It's like someone who doesn't realize they have a, 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 one of their five senses suddenly regains that, gains that sense for, you know, 18 months. It, it makes you almost want to cry. Yeah. There were times when I almost wanted to cry because it was always external. It was always something I quote unquote believe but didn't seriously deeply believe until it happened to me. It's one of those things. Um, and it's hard to go back to just life as normal when you've had that happen. Yeah. But I think I just have to accept it. You know, I've had mediums tell me you didn't lose it. Stop saying that. And I'm like, well, I don't feel anything. I don't get anything. I go on ghost investigations now. Every other people are picking up things. I'm not getting anything anymore. I'm. I have almost less of a capability now, I feel like, than I did in the very beginning of my ghost, of me filming these investigations. Because 
I shut it off. Some part of me shut it off. Some probably self-defense mechanism inside of you, like flip that switch off. Yeah, I think, you know, the person who I befriended who may have triggered those abilities, we had a bit of a falling out and I was very disappointed. And so I kind of tried to distance myself from that part of my life. And somebody said you pretty much threw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. You threw it all out, anything associated with that. So I lost that or I shut it off. And also maybe the woman coming to my house scared me so bad. Yeah, I, can, I could imagine that. That I put a wall up. Like, holy crap, I wasn't ready for this. Yeah, yeah, that that's <clears> intense <throat> right there. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder, I wonder. I walk by that theater sometimes. Like, are they still there? Um, oh. And here right now we're at the war field. And, uh, you know, besides... <laughs> I'm looking over there, you're looking... Besides the photo of a ghost, you know, members of the investigation team, my cameraman, things were like happening left and right down in the dressing room. And I wonder if they choose who they want to show themselves to because I didn't feel anything except for that room where they got the face. I did feel something that time. But things, people were seeing shadow figures walking down the hallway. People were seeing weird lights appear. People saw shoes walking across the hallway. White shoes. Just, just a set of white shoes walking. Yeah, no body attached. Down, all down in the dressing room. And then up here, where we are now, we're kind of in the upstairs level um, by the bathrooms. Um, staff members have seen shadow fig- a figure of a man in a top hat. Really? Standing in the doorway of the men's bathroom. We didn't catch anything, but it's interesting because we brought in the medium and she mentioned she saw a man in a hat in this place. So I really do wonder, like, is it, how does it work? Like, do they make themselves known only to particular people or is it all just our ability to perceive or not perceive? That, that is a very good question right there. What is next for The Haunted Bay? I just finished um, editing a kind of a spontaneous investigation we did at the armory. And uh, what happened was they were closing and they were selling off their stuff. And so I I put on Facebook, hey, anybody want to join me on this sale? Just look around the armory. And this guy I know who came on one of my tours who seemed to have possibly have some psychic medium abilities... So sure, I'll go with you. And I thought, hey, by the way, why don't we do a walkthrough and see if you pick up anything? So I filmed him. And I just finished editing that. I'm going to okay. release it. It's, it's not, um, it wasn't, it's not going to be a full video because we were basically doing it spontaneously, guerrilla style, filming with other people walking around in the background. Um, I'm also um, trying to set up a couple of investigations right now. I won't reveal the locations yet. Okay. But possibly in another historic kind of ballroom theater type of place in San Francisco. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And 
as I said, since ever since I talked to you guys first, I was like, I, I kind of want to go on an investigation with them. I think that'd be so cool. Yeah. Um, I'm not the type to just invite myself along, though. <laughs> 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 hey, guys, pick me. Come on. Can I ro- can I roll with you guys? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just I, I was like, that'd be kind of cool to go check that out and see what it's like. You were talking about uh, somebody getting pushed in the back at mm. uh, the Star Theater. Um, I believe it was at the hotel where they shot The Shining, the haunted one in uh, Colorado. I can't think of the name of the hotel right off the top of my head. My dad and my stepmom went on a ghost, like a haunted tour there. Mm -hmm. And my stepmom got shoved in the back. Whoa. Yeah. And she turned around thinking it was my dad. And my dad was like, why would I do that? Oh, my God. Wow. But, yeah, she got shoved in the back. And... So that that's that's interesting to hear that's yeah. happening with other people as well. So when can people to get back onto track? When can people expect? When can people expect to see new stuff out? And where can they find it? So we're on YouTube, and we're just called the Haunted Bay. And I will release the the one I just talked about, the Armory, today or tomorrow. Um, we have a couple more videos to edit, but right now, because my uh, team, everyone's kind of busy, you know, one's trying to make a feature-length movie right now, or start process of making a feature-length movie, another one is starting a new business with his family. Okay. Um, things have kind of been put on the shelves for a bit, but we definitely hope to get more out in the next few months. Um, very cool, very yeah. cool. So, and is that on, like, your YouTube channel? Or is that just at the Haunted Bay on YouTube? Or yeah, just go on YouTube backslash YouTube.com backslash the Haunted Bay. You'll find us th- our all our videos there. Um, on Instagram, it's a little different. I often will walk around, find places that look haunted, or have ghost stories attached. We may not do an investigation, but I'll post about those places okay. and just the stories. Just you know, because we can't always get in every place. Yeah, not everybody wants you in there exposing their ghost stories no. and everything like that. I, I, I understand that from their business perspective. Yeah. Um, unless that is their business. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I see you posting, actually. I see some of the locations that you post online. There's some that you post and be like, oh, this place was extremely haunted, but I can't say the name of it. Yeah. Uh, probably just for that reason that the yeah. uh, owners of it are like, no, you can't. You can't put that out there. Yeah. But but would you say the Star uh, Theater is the most haunted place that you've been to? The Great or Star? Or the Great Star, I'm sorry. I, I leave words out sometimes. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say because are you talking about the number of ghosts or the most... Uh, the most activity, activity, I guess, or the the strongest feel that you got. It's also subjective because... In your opinion, in your opinion, my my opinion, yeah, it, it has been the Great Star Theater, and um, because of the different <laughs> me and guests feeling, you know, communications being hit, stuff like that. But, yeah, um, but I don't think anyone's ever been hurt seriously there. I don't know what that's all about. I think they're just trying to communicate, like, hey, we're here, you know, or test, like, you know what are you guys doing here or something like that um you know what's interesting is the defenestration building the what building defenestration what is that 
That was an abandoned building that used to be like a what is those those single occupancy hotel type of places? Okay, like S, what are they called? SR single room occupancy. Basically, it was a hotel hotel for people who didn't have lots of means or resources. Okay. Anyway, so there was this abandoned uh, building on Sixth and Howard. And it used to have, like, sculptures of, like, chairs and couches coming out of the windows and clocks and stuff. That's cool. Because there was a resident artist who was allowed in to make sculptures. Well, anyway, we went in there and the medium, June, said this place was overrun with ghosts. Just, just like, everywhere. Um, and uh, that's also one of the most haunted places. Probably Preston Castle, too. Defenestration, Preston Castle. Okay, very cool, very cool. And can can people go check those out if they want? Is there, like, set up, uh, visitate, like, is there any, like, tours or anything set up to those? Or, um, or would they be able to walk in by themselves? And I'm not no. saying that you should. No. Um, especially when dealing with uh, things you don't know much about. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, let me also add, it's really hard. I can't just pick one or two. Okay. The Warfield Theater, where we are now, is also crazy activity when we were down in the dressing rooms and that face yeah that face is just crazy that's that's probably the most solid physical evidence we've ever seen so yeah warfield theater for sure is one of the most haunted places as well you cannot just walk in the preston castle is probably the place where you could just buy a ticket and you can go in on a tour or do a ghost hunt Okay. That's set up for that. Um, I can think they're raising money that way to help keep the place running. Great Star Theater is closed. The defenestration was torn down. Okay. The so Warfield is an active concert venue, so you, you yeah can come see buy a, show. a ticket to a show, <laughs> yeah. and you, well, there'll probably be so much going on you won't be able to tell what uh, what the deal is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So um, now. What, like, advice do you have for, say, somebody who is looking to get into paranormal investigation? Like, say they want to, like, start, dude, I really want to go out and uh, find out for myself if these are real. Uh, Get some real information on them instead of the ones I just see on TV. Uh, What would be your advice for them? Well, first, you need to learn how to distinguish between just regular everyday things that may appear or sound like ghosts. So you're probably going to get equipment, first of all. You get recording devices, video devices, cameras, um, meters that measure electromagnetic energy. You know, I, I'm not actually part of um, the investigation team, but this is what I've seen them do. Okay. Um, and a lot of times I've heard people will capture stuff and uh, say, oh, these are ghosts, when in fact orbs, for example. A lot of times they are just dust or insects or even some reflection of some light. Okay. And someone will create orbs. Um, same with sounds. You know, you have to make sure you filter out. You make sure you didn't pick up on someone's stomach growling. Somebody's stomach growling saying, get out. <laughs> you know, it sounds like, get <laughs> out. Feed me. <laughs> um, and uh, so those, that's, that's one place to start. And also, if you want to make a team, make sure you find people that are also balanced between 
believing and being skeptical because either going too far either way can kind of be disruptive um i find that you know people are too skeptical that we have one guy who was ridiculing us the whole time because they're so stupid you're not gonna find anything i can't believe you like that type of stuff that actually happened uh, on our first or second shoot please tell me he got possessed (laughs) i have a funny story with that um he wanted to join my team. He said, look, this is because we started as a, a class, a video production class. And I said, I want to follow these ghost investigators. And he came. So can I join your team? He's like, I don't really believe in this stuff, but I'm curious what you do. So we went on one ghost hunt at the USS Hornet and didn't find anything he thought was impressed. Nothing happened to us. Yeah. Then we went to a gay bar in Oakland, the White Horse Bar. And he's like, you know, this is stupid, staying in the dark, asking questions, nothing's happening, he's making fun of us, and we're getting annoyed. Well, at one point, this is when we were filming APR, they were trying to measure spikes in energy. There's this K2 meter that every time there's a change in energy, the orange light goes on. They were talking, trying to communicate with the ghosts, and they saw this light go on up and down. Well, suddenly this guy, this cameraman, who's been calling everything stupid, puts his camera down and he's like, guys, I don't believe in this stuff, but every time that meter goes up, something push, pushes down on my shoulders and I can't swallow. Wow. It was, he was shaken. And he's like, this is really weird. This is really strange. I swear, I don't believe in this stuff, but something keeps happening to me. and so i was like yes score (laughs) exactly like Like they picked the right guy to to pick on like oh you don't believe in us (laughs) 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 oh man all right well that that's that's like poetic justice right there in a way you know all right so pick a good team get equipment and uh you know go in there with a balanced mindset like open to new things but not not thinking everything is haunted but also not thinking like dude this is stupid you might get squashed (laughs) and um if you're afraid this is again i'm just getting this advice from mediums that are experienced if you're afraid of things attaching themselves to you i've heard that you can kind of do a meditation with your team, imagine or with yourself, visualize yourself surrounded by a white light and say that, you know, only good things can come close to you. And before you leave a place, say, you know, you cannot follow me home. Um, our team or the people we work with, the general, they're, they don't do the provoking thing like some teams do. Yeah. Like, come on, show yourself, you coward, you know. Uh, I personally wouldn't do that just because you don't know what you're, what you're messing with. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. And I, that's one of the things I like about uh, your guys' show as yeah. well. It's very like, okay, we're here, we're experiencing this, and this is what we see. Yeah. All right, This is what's going on. You aren't trying to go for the shock value you aren't trying to be like oh dude this is all stupid and i'm not gonna there's 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 nothing out there see i told you guys another myth like debunked (laughs) uh you know you're kind of there and like as i believe matthew abaya said he's like i'm skeptical i kind of kind of 
I think he said like he wanted to believe, but he wanted it proved to him yeah. or something like that. Kind of an X Files approach to yeah. it in a way. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's kind of like the I'm open to it, but let's see, let's see what's out there and yeah. report what we see instead of trying to give you some sensationalized story. And that was a really long description of what I like about <laughs> your show. Thank you. No, <laughs> I, it. I totally appreciate it. Oh, by the way. I just remembered a place. You asked me what's the most haunted place that we haven't been able to get to. Yeah. I won't look I won't reveal the name of the location. I'll just generally say it's a warehouse. Okay. Somebody who's an acquaintance of Matthew Abaya has been contacting me saying, "You know what? I work in this warehouse and things keep happening to people. People seeing shadow figures, people hearing voices, people feel like somebody's running after them. They actually they're, they have, you know, they're warehouse workers, so they ride these. I think they're called chariots or something. Somebody said they saw some shadow figure running after them and trying to j- jump and grab their shoulders. I mean, wow. it's, it's intense what I'm hearing yeah. about this place. Um, and uh, we can't send them an invest- a formal investigation there because of, you know, the, the managers are not comfortable with that idea. So it's very frustrating because we keep hearing these stories. It keeps coming back. Like things keep happening. Things keep happening. And then um, I plan one day just to go and visit. Yeah. Like just w- me and Matthew. So, okay, let's just go and check it out. Not investigate, but just look around. And so I take a nap. And in, I have this weird dream. You took a nap at the warehouse? No, I took a nap before. Okay, sorry, okay, all Before right. heading out to the warehouse. I, I was at home, and I took a nap in the afternoon. And I had this crazy vivid dream where this June shows up in this dream, and she o- opens the door to her car, and this woman steps out. She takes me into the warehouse, and she takes me to look down this shaft. And I'm looking down the shaft... And, and I just see concrete. And she says, no, wait, let me back up. First, she takes me to this underground basement type of area. And th- again, this is just a dream. And I have a little bit of light, but I see a, a large woman face down on a bench. And her back is, she's dead. She's been killed. And her back is glistening. So I can't tell if it's blood because it's like her t- shirt has been torn off, at least in the back, or if she's decomposing. Okay. And she's got like medium, like shoulder length, straggly hair. I can't see her face. I could even see what she was wearing. And in this dream, I'm looking at this body, and then later on, this woman takes me to another part of this warehouse, shows me a shaft that goes underground. <coughs> she's pointing down. And she's like, there are bodies buried down there. And I look down in the dream and I actually go down the shaft and I, I step on the concrete. I'm like, all I see is concrete. And then I, I, I wake up and I thought, oh, it's a bizarre, bizarre dream, you know. And so I, I drive out to the warehouse that afternoon and I ask the guy who invited us, like, do you guys have like a lower air, like a, like a basement or something here? He's like, no. So I thought, okay, it's just a dream. And I said, he says, but we do have like this weird tunnel that goes underground, but we're not allowed to go through it. And I told him about that dream I had. And of course, again, there's no proof. I yeah. have no idea. Maybe my mind just made that up. 
I talked to another friend of mine, Annalisa, who's a medium. In fact, she did the medium walkthrough here at the Warfield <coughs> part two. And, and I did tell her the details of my dream. And she said, I saw blood splashing on the walls, just as you're describing this to me. And she said, I have a feeling that this, this young woman got into the wrong crowd. She wasn't like dressed like a prostitute or anything. Because I saw her, she looked more like she was dressed in office type of clothes, kind of like a, a skirt beneath the knees. and. Okay. It was very office but she's still like in her 20s or something. And and she said, yes, she, she was taken down somewhere and killed or something. I don't know the details, but again, we can't prove it. It could just be a dream, but it was very weird. And with all the reports of what things are experiencing there, we were dying to get in there to do a formal investigation, but the supervisors were just like, no. Could you go above the supervisors' heads? I wouldn't know how to do that. <laughs> I don't and know. I don't, I don't want to get anybody in trouble either because, you know, whenever we do filming, it's they're gracious enough to trust us to let us in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Another that loops me back to the advice I would give to people who want to do this. Just be very, very respectful of people's space. Definitely, definitely. Um, Be very clear who you're bringing, what you're doing. Ask them other areas you can't go into because there have actually been teams that have maybe accidentally destroyed property or something and it makes it hard for the anybody else wants to go in after you know yeah i was just thinking because that won't just ruin it for you it will ruin it for everybody else that's trying to do this thing yeah um so like what right now like this is a little bit off the haunted subject but what are this is more towards like what are you doing right now to like promote yourself as far as get the word out about the haunted bay maybe uh get into more locations because more people have heard of you or whatnot so is there anything you're doing to get spread the word of the haunted bay I actually need help with that. <laughs> okay. I mean, talking to you for sure. This is one <laughs> of the ways of getting the word out. Yes. Um, I am very good at finding locations, setting it up, getting it done, the front stuff, the promoting, the editing. I need help with that. Um, that's why I did the ghost tours is to raise money so I could help pay at least stipends to some people who help out. But besides that, you know, I'm doing Instagram <coughs> posts because I could do that more regularly investigations take sometimes months to set up months to edit you know to get it out and then promotion is is a whole other talent it is definitely i was doing the ghost tours um hoping that you know people come to the tours and i could tell them you know so you've experienced these places and you can see what we found on these videos you know but with the the theater closing that i i kind of shut the i couldn't really do the tours anymore so it's possible if I could find more places to get ghost tours in, I would do that again. Yeah, that that'd be really cool. Um, yeah. It it's always interesting to go on the ghost tours and like even if you don't see anything, hear mm-hmm. the stories behind it. Uh, we were down and my girlfriend and I were down in New Orleans. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, and that's like one of the most haunted places. Yeah, and, like just about every building there is said to be haunted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, but we went on a haunted uh, pub crawl, oh. and uh, you know, it, it was entertaining and uh, you know, fun at the same time. Uh, but just hearing the ghost stories of New Orleans yeah. and all the history and why it's so haunted is just like, oh wow, that's that's crazy. That's that's interesting. I want to know more about that. And even yeah. though we didn't see any ghosts, it was still worth it. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's just a little side note. Yeah, <laughs> they're very entertaining. And you find out things. I'm not only finding out about the ghost stories, but I'm finding history. Yeah. The coolest history. Like, in fact, right across the street, kind of almost across the street from where we are now, we went into the Oddfellows building. I've been there a couple times. You've been there, yeah. And they've showed us the museum where they have collections of some old San Francisco things in the... Is that down in the basement by the radio station? No, it's upstairs uh, in, okay. in one of the, the rooms where there's a, there's a bar. Okay. Like, I would never get access to that kind of thing usually. I don't usually just walk off the street, hey, show me around. But no, because I ask, can I film these documentaries? They show us around and <coughs> tell the things we never, would never know. Like, yeah. I, I, here at the Warfield, they brought us down to the basement where there used to be a speakeasy. Really? There was a speakeasy downstairs? Yeah. That's you could really see cool. It in the video, if you watch the, uh, I, the, the Warfield episode part one and part two. I, s- I saw yeah. whichever one you showed at uh, Matthew Abaya's screening. So actually the, the speakeasy Or was that not an official one? It was. It was official. Okay. That was part one. That's when we got the ghost face. Part two uh, is when we brought in Annalisa, the psychic medium. That's when you get more of the story of the speakeasy downstairs. Okay. Uh-huh. And it's not something that's just open to the public. It's basically like a storage room. But you still see remnants. Of Very cool. What it used to be look like when it was a place to party. I'll have to have to check that out. Uh, yeah. So that's part two of the Warfield. I saw part one. I mm. didn't realize there was a part two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's called Ghost Footage at the Warfield is what we call the... Okay. There's part one, part two, part three. All right. So, Ying. Yeah. Now, with, with the Haunted Bay and your ghost tours, is there a certain feeling that you want your viewers or your tourees to take with them, like, or something you want them to remember about the tour? My objective is just to give them the most interesting experience I can. I, I do hope that people who come are more open to the idea, not necessarily of 100% believers, but um, not completely like I don't believe in this crap kind of because it does change the energy. And I want them to realize just how special the experience it is to be able to go into these places and to know the history. Because some of these places have amazing history. There's actually a lot of history in the buildings that we go into that most people don't know. It's not mentioned in any tourist guides or anything. And just yeah. how fortunate we are that the proprietors are letting us in there. Yeah, it's very cool. And this building right here. Yeah. Uh, Bob just like showed us around here yeah. uh, a little bit before the interview and like took us in the auditorium and like <laughs> showed us like the detail, the painting on the ceilings, mm-hmm. uh, like the concave paneling on the 
on other parts of the ceiling, just a detail that was put on it. And this building was built back in like the 1920s, yeah. he said. And it's just something you don't see like in new buildings. It's like all like drop ceilings and mm. panels and crap mm. like that. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing even with how old this is, the acoustics coming from the stage are awesome. Yeah. This place is amazing. I mean... Just the detail, the architecture, uh, yeah. If anybody's in San Francisco and wants to see a show, I definitely recommend coming in here. All of these like old venues like this, like performance venues, mm-hmm. have a special like vibe to them. At least in my mind, I always get like, I I don't know if it's the energy of the past performances I'm picking up or or whatnot that's like lingering around Mm. but i always when i walk into an old venue it's like a certain feel that i get yeah like i i I don't know how to explain it just a little side tangent (laughs) but uh all right so um now i do have one final question for you first i really want to thank you for uh coming meeting with me here helping get this all set up talking to the people at the warfield to get everything arranged i i really appreciate that and uh you taking the time to uh meet me on a weekend Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're welcome um but Real quick, before the final question, uh-huh. where can people find The Haunted Bay? So our videos are all on YouTube. And just go to youtube.com backslash The Haunted Bay. Um, and we are also on Instagram, uh, Facebook. Again, handle is The Haunted Bay. All right, perfect. So uh, check that out, The Haunted Bay, across social medias. And... Uh, now it is time for that final questioning. I believe I asked it to you a couple years ago when you were with like the whole Haunted Bay group. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time it's all yours. Okay. All right, Ying. It's the time for that final question mm-hmm. of the show, the title question of the show. Ying Liu, how do you live uncontained? So I live uncontained by continuing to do these paranormal investigations, even though. People have warned me that it might not be safe. Uh, it's probably leading to nowhere. You know, we don't do this for any profit. Yeah. Um, but I just want to do this because of my, I love to f- uncover secrets and the hidden and the mystery of things. And I, I, am, I am finding places with amazing history and possibly paranormal activity and things are actually happening to us that I could never dreamed would happen even when I first started filming these like the experiences that me and some of my crew have had yeah it's it's really it's really like stepping into a different dimension and I don't know how many jobs you can say that about definitely not normal office (laughs) jobs I'll tell you that yeah But, yeah, definitely. It's something unique, something that you're passionate about, and you can you can tell that hearing you talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's been great talking to you, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago. Um, but I have that one final thing for you to do. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show today, Ying? Okay. Um, 
basically um, it's it's fine it's a f it's fine I, um, I wanted to mention that we're oh. thinking about setting up a patreon page too okay I don't know if i can mention all that. right um yeah so let's see it, it's awesome that you continue on going through pursuing something even though there may not be a whole lot of money coming in right now but mm -hmm. do you have like anything set up where like say fans of the show can donate to uh, what you're doing or anything like that any like patreon or anything set up so we are thinking about setting up a patreon page mostly i want to you know be able to give something to the guys who help me you know they come out they film they take their time they spend money on, we all spend money on transportation they edit which takes hours and hours of editing because we try to keep the quality good and have almost a cinematic approach to our videos yeah and they've been doing this just out of interest i'm like man i wish i could give back so yeah we're thinking about you know setting up a patreon patreon page one day maybe soon Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, you'll have to let me know what your uh, Patreon is when uh, you get it all set up, and I'll, I'll share that uh, with the Uncontained audience so they can help support The Haunted Bay. I'm guessing it will be Patreon at The Haunted Bay. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be a, a theme going <laughs> through. But, all right, so, yes, I will keep people posted on that as long as you keep me posted on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have that one final thing for you to do. And okay. that is sign off the show. Mm -hmm. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show, Ying? Sure. So uh, this is Ying Liu of The Haunted Bay, and I live uncontained. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thanks to Ying for joining me. And also a thank you to the Warfield for uh, letting us do this interview there. And uh, it was definitely a cool venue to check out. If you've never been to the Warfield, I suggest you go check out a show there. It's uh, one of those old, old venues that just have that certain vibe about it. And, uh, well, you might understand a little bit more why there's a vibe to it uh, after listening to this episode. But thank you for listening, and until next time, live uncontained.